Our vision for the future of blueberries is ambitious. And part of our strategy of growing the volume and value of blueberries is to promote blueberries potential as a healthy, functional, and delicious food ingredient. If there's certain varieties and certain cultural practices that we need to put in play to provide the type of blueberry, the size, the shape, the color, the whatever other food sciencey things that we don't know about, as an industry, there's certainly enough skill set out there to grow towards it. But we need to work towards it together and move forward. Today's episode will feature a look at the potential for blueberry ingredients in food manufacturing and what the industry can do to position ourselves as the forefront of the minds of not only consumers, but of chefs and food manufacturers as well. This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Welcome back to another episode of The Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. The USHBC has been making headlines in industry publications lately with our newly released strategic plan to grow the volume and value of blueberries domestically and around the globe. One important focus area for this growth is on processed blueberries. As a part of that effort, the USHBC Export Committee recently helped to host a Blueberry Innovation Bootcamp. This was a chance to communicate about the value and opportunities of blueberries and just sit down with people who are in this space, working with our partners at Colinex and SRG and food ingredient manufacturers who are interested in looking at the opportunities of blueberries as an ingredient. In attendance were the voices you're about to hear on this podcast episode, Dave Arena from Frank Donio in New Jersey, as well as he being the chairman of our export committee. Chef Dina Paz from the SRG team, our very own senior director of nutrition and health research at USHBC, Dr. Leslie Wada, Dave Lundell of Insights Now, and Mark Crowell, the CEO of Colonex. Dave Arena did a fantastic job of setting the tone for the day. He described how important it is for blueberry growers and marketers to hear feedback on how it's best to position ourselves to grow this part of our business. I think it's a big piece of collaboration that needs to be to bridge the gap between the food innovators, the people who want to get our product into different products, but we, on the other hand, have to make sure we can supply you. So I think this kind of collaboration is going to be just uh, instrumental in moving it forward. We know we have a great product and we know that we continue to um, grow it all through North America and we need to, to find ways to, to stay ahead of um, production with, with consumption and you guys are our, our liaison to the different products and different things. So I think what I really wanna do from a grower aspect is get your feedback. We need to know from you what it is exactly you need and what you want. And then I could try and fill in background as far as there are different varieties, there's different genus, there's different species of blueberries. They all act a little differently. I always go back to the scenario of everyone who's drank Cabernet wine. Okay, there's Cabernet from Tuscany, there's Cabernet from California, and there's Cabernet from New Jersey. They all act and are a little differently from a scientific standpoint. And maybe 
What we need to know from you is what's the size, shape, and some things we may not even know that's in the food science world that we can find out and vet out and find the right varieties and make sure the right volume is there to support your efforts in creating new products. So I think that's the drive for the boot camp and the advisory board in general. So that provides us some great context on why we wanted to host this boot camp, but there's also another driver here. We wanted to intentionally increase the demand and volume of the processing side of the blueberry industry. So making blueberries more accessible and available to chefs and food ingredient manufacturers on the different formats that blueberries can be used in. So as we continue to grow more and more blueberries that traditionally got were being produced for the fresh market, the stuff you go in the store, you see in the clamshells, and you can buy almost all year round now. The beautiful part about a blueberry is the product that may not be fit for the fresh market is certainly fit to be frozen and used in the processing market. So it's an opportunity for us to move all of our crop as opposed to just the portion to the fresh market. But historically, most of the focus has been on the fresh market. What we're trying to do now is to shift focus on actively working towards and working with people like yourselves to say, we need to supply the processing into this market because the rising tide raises all the boats, right? So we want to move our product and we need to be committed to you guys to say, we've come up with a product and we can sell it, but we need to get supplied for it. And that's one of the things from where I sit, my standpoint, I want to make sure that we move forward to say, we can get you the tonnage you need to supply you guys. But mostly this boot camp was all about communication and relationships. We need to understand as an industry, what's important to chefs, innovators, and formulators in order to make sure blueberries are known as the most exciting fruit in the world. Blueberries are an investment. They take a little bit of time. If there's certain varieties and certain cultural practices that we need to put in play to provide the type of blueberry, the size, the shape, the color, the whatever other food science-y things that we don't know about, it takes a little bit of time to move into those things. And as an industry, there's certainly enough skill set out there to grow towards it, but we need to work towards it together and move forward. And um, I thought we already were the most exciting fruit in the world. <laughs> World's favorite, yeah. Now that Dave has given you a sense of the why blueberries are in industry engaging in this way, a good starting point to understand food service innovation or food manufacturing is to understand what's driving it, which SRG's chef Dina Paz says is all about consumer trends. The food design of something always starts from kind of the front end of innovation, right? All about what are those consumer needs? What are those demand spaces that we're trying to fulfill? And a lot of that really comes down to what's happening in society and in culture. So uh, consider me pretty much like a translator of the trends and how they kind of come across in food design as well. So this is just a hierarchy that we use. We look at what's happening out there naturally. We look at what the consumer behavior is around that. How does that make us think and feel? But more importantly, how does it then translate into culinary behaviors, the way that we dine, the way that we shop, the way that we consume food? So in other words, the way that we eat our feelings. And then finally, how are they showing up as actual products in the marketplace? So let's take a quick look. And this is all specific to blueberries. Just a quick picture of what's happening, high-level macro trends that's going on right now that's frankly going to remain for quite a while. Thank you, year of 2020. But certainly we're in a place right now where we need more control in our lives 
things are chaotic right now. And so whether it's the climate change, whether it's, you know, global political divides, just the amount of advancement and change that's going on right now really is allowing a lot of consumers to want to kind of retreat and find areas in which they can have control. We'll talk about how that comes across. Chef Dina went on to talk about the trends of consumers wanting everything optimized for convenience, the rise of consumer wanting balanced well-being in the way of functional foods, the desire of consumers wanting to seek global exploration, and how that translates to their flavor preferences, and the need for food to break through the noise and excite consumers. But what do these high-level trends mean for blueberries? Let's take a look at what it looks like under each of these faces, what we're seeing in the marketplace real quick. Under eating optimized, think about this really about foods. It's not just generally good for us, but also have that functional benefit as well. So it's about that self-care. It's really about taking back some of that control and being empowered. But when we think about functional foods, let's think about a couple of different ways. So whether it's like swaps and substitutions, this is really about like, how do we make just one tiny swap for a blueberry product to come in and actually boost up the functionality of it? I know that antioxidants is a big thing, certainly the hero for blueberries, but what other benefits could it be paired with, right? So what other flavors or what other ingredients to really make a full spectrum or a full complete meal out of that one product? Right now, we're seeing definitely the continuation and the proliferation of food tribes, lifestyle tribes. It's not going to go anywhere. Paleo is continuing to be probably one of the trending lifestyle tribes, if you will. Flexitarianism as well, right? That's the entry point where this is about indulgence and meat eating. And, hey, I, I don't really want to give up the things that I love. I just want to maybe eat a little bit less of the things that don't do the best for me. And then, of course, we're seeing a lot of movement in beverages. So beverages is almost like it kind of broke into different meal parts in the middle of the day. Maybe it was like a morning ritual and maybe it was something at night. But now it's throughout the day beverage sipping. So this is really taking away from those sugar laden type of soft drinks, right, that you need to kind of supercharge you. So now we're obviously we're seeing it in kombucha in the fermented space. So really having something that's convenient, whether it's a shot, a booster, or something that you can sip on for a long period of time, think of the type of the flavor matrices you would need for something to be a long-lasting sip. So maybe something paired, for instance, with something that's herbal or even medicinal that kind of takes a longer time to get through, or something that's a little bit more vibrant and juicier, like, say, ginger, that's something that would hold you up a little bit longer and faster. Those are the trends, but Chef Dina took it one step further to explain how those trends translate into actual consumer behaviors. And actually, we're seeing us um, eat our vitamins. Hold your hands up if you had your Flintstone vitamin this morning, right? To get up, keep on going. But now we're seeing them no longer in these gummy formats. They're in all these fun, different formats. We're moving away from having those functional foods in that one center of the aisle in the grocery store. Now it's throughout, right? Especially in our snack category as well. Probably one of the spaces that kind of begat this whole protein forward movement, plant-based movement was in the sports nutrition space back in the eighties and nineties. And it continues to grow. And now when you no longer have to be a marathoner, right? To actually have an experience in sports nutrition needs, now it's just your everyday, I need that energy boost throughout the day as well. So snacking category has just gone gangbusters because now it's more of a mainstream need from consumers than just from one specific segment. 
And I think this is really an important thing to think about, something that Julia mentioned earlier about when you go and you talk to your suppliers and you're talking about, hey, I need blueberries to function, to do this and that for me. It's not just about performance in the food, but consider blueberries when you want to have fun in your food, fun in your formulation, because we've talked about this a few times and you've seen this on the table, but blueberries are color, right? Color is really huge when it comes to consumer sentiment and driving excitement and driving this idea of stimulation. And consider that the blue in blueberry can be purples, it could be reds, it could be a mix in between paired with white ingredients as well. I think there's something to be said about development work that we do that also has a little bit of a flair to it and a little bit of characteristic and personality to it. So why not bring a little bit of something fun? One thing too, it's not just color that can drive interest, but also texture. I know when we've played around with it, having dehydrated blueberries also created a nice crunch and texture that was very unexpected and something you didn't really anticipate when it comes to blueberries. So it can show up in a few different ways. It doesn't have to be boring. Really great insights from Chef Dina about what it is on the minds of the food manufacturing industry as they are creating new products and new ingredients. We're going to next talk specifically about health and consumer perception. But first, let's take a quick break for our crop report. As regular listeners know, we've been getting our reports from South America since their season has kicked off. So here, once again, is your blueberry crop report. It's time for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today, you'll hear from Luis Vegas in Peru and Frederico Valla in Argentina. This was recorded on November 3rd, 2021. Hello, this is Luis with the crop report from Peru uh, until the end of week 43, which is the week ending on October 31st. So up until week 43 of the season, uh, Peru has shipped a total of 331 million pounds of fresh blueberries worldwide which represents a growth of 46% in volume versus the previous season. From the overall volume shipped this season, a 55% has been sent to the US. During week 43, a total of 19.4 million pounds were shipped worldwide. 50% of this volume was shipped to the US with 9.6 million pounds, which are expected to arrive the US market during mid to late November. Our latest forecast for for the season, well, we're expecting a growth of 39% in the volume compared to the previous season. And we're expecting to grow by 47% in our volume shipped to the US. And finally, from the overall volume shipped this season of fresh blueberries, we are expecting that 8% it's gonna be organic. So that's the uh, report from Peru. Thank you. Hello, my name is Sadiko Bayam in name of ABC Argentina Blueberry Committee to give you the report on week 43 for Argentinian blueberry season. Uh, during week 43, Argentina has shipped uh, 2.4 million pounds. Out of that, 1.05 were shipped to the US, which represents 43%. With these volumes, the total for Argentina is 13.4 million pounds shipped. to every market, and out of that, 51% went to the US, which represents 6.9 million pounds, then 38% to Europe and 7% to Asia. Thank you very much. 
Well, thank you so much to our colleagues who take the time to participate in these reports. As a reminder, you can go to the new USHBC website where you'll find our Data and Insight Center to see more data of what's happening in the blueberry industry. We've made that snapshot view of the USDA data on production and price an online resource for everyone to access easily and quickly. So make sure you go to ushbc.org forward slash data to check that out. Okay. So back to today's episode, as we've talked about, the food manufacturing industry is going to take their cues from consumers. So what matters is not only the facts about blueberries, but also the consumer perception about the fruit. Dave Lundahl is the CEO of Insights Now. He is an expert in consumer perception and shared how blueberries score on a 100-point scale when it comes to a variety of important factors. So this is a 100-point scale, as I was mentioning. So blueberries score a 79.8, about 80, for improves brain function and memory. This is the perception. It doesn't mean that, you know, this is an actual something you can make a health claim to, but this is consumer perception. So um, increases energy is much lower. It's 66. Promotes heart health is 87.75. Provides weight management, 79. Helps support general overall health, 81. Support physical athletic performance, again, 80.98. And so on. So blueberries stand up very well in consumer perception for the associations it can make just as an ingredient. And you can see how it compares against other things like raisins, cherry, lime, and so on, which have much lower scores in terms of the implicit associations that consumers make. So it's, it's really good news for blueberries as an ingredient when you want to be able to have a perception of the health benefits. That perception is so critical as consumers are making food decisions in their busy lives. Building that positive perception is exactly why we invest so much money in research and why we're excited to bring in our longtime consultant, Dr. Leslie Wada, to be our full-time Senior Director of Nutrition and Health Research here at USHBC. What I hope to do is provide the evidence to that we have been working on in funding studies to give you a reason why, in Dave's presentation, why consumers have that perspective. You know, it isn't just because they all think blueberries are good. I think it's the USHBC should take some of the credit for the fact that we've been funding good studies that have been coming out with publications to support all of those concepts of the health benefits of blueberries. So interest in blueberries was fairly constant and low until about the year 1999. And this was when Dr. Pryor published his work showing that blueberries were one of the fruits with the highest antioxidant activity. So ever since then, we've been, you know, consumers will say, oh, blueberries, they've got a lot of antioxidants in them. But the council has moved far beyond antioxidant activity to look at other health benefits associated with blueberries. Leslie's presentation focused on five key areas of focus for our health and nutrition research program, cardiovascular health, brain health, healthy living, insulin response, and gut health. We won't have time to go into all of that today, but I thought her description of some of the brain health work was a good example of the progress USHBC is helping to facilitate. There have been a few human trials in which we've seen an improvement in cognitive performance in older men and women who were given blueberries as opposed to a placebo. 
And in one study, the participants who consumed blueberries scored higher than those given a placebo when they were given a test that required them to switch back and forth between mental tasks. And in another study, the participants were given blueberries were able to recall certain words, and they scored better on visual spatial memory than those given the placebo. The MIND study is looking at the effect of the MIND diet on preventing Alzheimer's disease. And one component of the MIND diet are berries. And the researcher who developed the diet was aware of the work on blueberries and brain health. So she approached us to ask if the council would provide blueberries for the study participants, which we did. Now on the right, the US Pointer study is another large clinical study. These researchers are looking more at an integrative approach to affect the progress of Alzheimer's disease. And for the diet portion, they are also using the MIND diet. So in this study, the council is providing rebate coupons so that when the participant purchased high-bush blueberries from their grocery store, they can receive a partial reimbursement. We only have time for one more example. And since November is National Diabetes Month, I thought it would be appropriate to share some of the work being done in that area. Currently in the U.S., around 10.5% of the U.S. population has diabetes, and about 35% of the population are pre-diabetic and are less responsive to the insulin in their bodies, trying to help regulate their blood sugar. In one of the early studies in this area of blueberries and glucose control, researchers using animal models demonstrated that insulin response and glucose control were improved with blueberries. So based on that information, we funded a clinical trial with pre-diabetic participants, which demonstrated that an improved insulin response and glucose control with a blueberry supplemented diet was evident in humans as well. Our first funded study with individuals with type 2 diabetes found that the group given blueberries showed an improvement in glucose control with a decrease in hemoglobin A1C and fructosamine levels, both indicators of glucose control over time. So as you can see, we have a lot on our plate. There were other studies we have funded over the years, but I thought these were good examples of what we have learned and where we are going in exploring the health benefits of blueberries. And with the creative expertise of this audience, I think we hope to be able to find more ways that consumers can grab a boost of blue and incorporate blueberries into their daily diets. Well, thank you to Leslie. We are definitely lucky to have you on the team here at USHBC. And Leslie's comments are actually a great segue into today's marketing boost. We'll be right back with more highlights from the Blueberry Bootcamp. But first, here's USHBC NABC Vice President of Marketing and Communications, Jennifer Sparks. Thanks, Casey. Let's talk public relations and the ability of earned media or generating news coverage to create awareness about blueberries. Here at USHBC, we track results of our programs in many different ways. On the media relations side, we assess impressions or voice and the quality of media placements and messages. In third quarter 2021, our earned media program garnered placements in national media outlets such as Parade, Today, Best Life, CNBC, MSN, Eating Well, Medical News Today, and the list goes on. The voice generated from these Q3 media placements totaled 335 million impressions. Why is the generation of earned media an important part of the marketing mix? Because consumers are exposed to the benefits of blueberries through their daily reading or viewing of the news. 
This gives third party credibility to our message, which can go much further even than an advertisement. The fact is, there's a place for all disciplines, strategies, and tactics to be truly successful in marketing and promotion. PR creates valuable awareness, which can be critical in purchase decisions, even if it's harder to track directly back to dollars spent. It all plays a part in the industry's success. November is Diabetes Awareness Month, and you can bet we're using media relations to highlight the research and spread the news about how blueberries may help manage diabetes. Check out our Diabetes Month Toolkit at ushbc.org toolkits to see how you can help spread the good news too. This has been your Marketing Boost. Thank you for your partnership. As together, we inspire the world to grab a boost of blue. Casey, back to you. Thanks, Jenny. Now back to today's episode about innovation in food manufacturing. After the day's activities, Colinex CEO Mark Crowell and I did something very stereotypical on a rainy day in Seattle. We sat down in a coffee shop and I wanted to ask Mark about what blueberries needed to be thinking about to actually go to that next level when it comes to food manufacturing, food ingredient, industrial use demand. Keep in mind, though, we were in a very public setting. So please forgive some of the background noise in these clips, but I just couldn't miss this opportunity to sit down in a rainy Seattle in a coffee shop. So here we go. The sky's the limit in terms of where we can take this program. And I'm talking about everything from creating new industrial products all the way through to taking the products that we currently have as industrial products and finding new applications for them. And examples that we've talked about just in the last day are savory applications, applications outside of the morning day part, looking at pickling and things like that that are really creative. To help us get there, it's important to acknowledge some of the forces that maybe held us back so far. I asked Mark from his perspective what he thinks has kept blueberries from reaching the potential in food manufacturing and food ingredient use in the past. Well, I think, you know, an emphasis on marketing the industrial ingredients and putting higher value on the industrial ingredient. And I think there are certain types of industrial ingredients that could have a higher value perhaps if they were marketed differently, if they were put into other applications that had a higher value. I think blueberries are not the product to compete with raisins. Nobody's going to compete with raisins on price. But blueberries are their own thing, and they shouldn't compete with raisins. So I think part of it is really defining what you're trying to do in the industrial market, what products, uh, what segments are you going after, and then really tailoring those products ultimately to the needs of that marketplace and not thinking of it just simply as a place to put fresh that's, you know, overproduced or, or maybe off-grade. Well, to close out today's episode, Mark shares some important perspectives about trends versus fads. If we can really tap into the trends, we can really capitalize on these opportunities for blueberries. You know, I, I try to separate fads from trends. And, you know, a fad is something short-lived. A trend is something that's, you know, cyclical. It's, it's a much longer runway. When I think about blueberries, I think about the health benefits. I think about boosting immunity, something very relevant to people today during this time. I think about people's concern with safety, with food safety, concern for their children's health. I think of all of those things as being, you know, very long-term in nature. Uh, they're not going away. None of those themes are going away. And blueberries plays beautifully into all of those things. So 
keep your sights really focused on where the market is going and set your sails to that because the wind is going to be in them. Thank you again to Mark Crowell, Dr. Leslie Wada, Dave Lundell, Chef Dina Paz, and Dave Arena for taking part in this Blueberry Bootcamp and contributing to today's episode. There really is so much to be excited about for the future of our blueberries, not just in fresh blueberries, but also in all of the formats in the processed industry. I left this event feeling energized and excited for the multitude of possibilities that still lie ahead in this area. Also, we'll be sharing with you at least one upcoming episode with a well-known food company about how they're looking at innovation and blueberries. So stay tuned for that. That's it for episode 72. I hope these podcasts continue to generate ideas and discussion throughout our blueberry industry. If you're finding them valuable, please leave a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use. It would mean a lot to me and it certainly would help people find our podcasts on those platforms. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries. 